0: Now, before we continue the story, I wanna take you back to the time between me taking the paternity test and going to child support mediation. When I decided to try and figure out exactly what was going on and who I was dealing with, I never like to go into any situation without having some sort of idea of what I'm up against. So I asked a few people with social media accounts to do a little digging. And on August 16th, 2018, that request paid off. That morning, I received seven photos that will become the pillars of this journey I was set to embark on. Here's a brief description of each. Pay attention, it's a lot, but I promise you it will explain a lot of things about to happen. I am also for the sake of privacy, just going to say the child whenever a post represents my daughter's name. Okay, let's get to it. The first photo was posted on Instagram by the mother on September 22nd, 2014. In the photo, there is a heart in each corner with the big red heart in the middle. Inside each heart is a picture. The heart in the upper left hand corner has my daughter as a baby, smiling with the blanket. The heart in the upper right hand corner has another photo of my daughter sitting in a swing, smiling with that same blanket. The heart in the lower left hand corner has the mother and a guy we are just gonna call father number one for now inside of it, smiling with sunglasses on. Father number one is brown skin And looks like he could be mixed or Dominican. The heart on the lower right hand side. Has a picture with the mother. And father number one. Kissing. And finally. The last photo. The big heart in the middle. It shows father number one. Holding my daughter. And feeding her a bottle. As she lays against his chest. At the time of this post. My daughter would have been nine months old. And from the look of it. She appears to be anywhere from three to nine months. When these photos were taken. So. This guy was the guy she thought was the original father. I had a lot of questions, but they would have to wait. I had to finish looking through the rest of these posts. The next photo was posted on Instagram on January 21st, 2015. In the photo is a picture with a girl who looks to be around 10 or 11 years old of age on one side and a picture of my daughter on the other side. In the picture, they are both smiling. My daughter has on a red onesie that says perfect, very little hair and a big toothless grin. The other girl has a light brown complexion, long straight brown hair, and is smiling, showing all of her teeth. What is interesting is the caption the mother left. It says, this is my beautiful sister-in-law. Are they not twins, nose, lips, and eyebrows? Let's just hope the child's name has her beautiful hair gene too, LOL. So clearly the other little girl in the photo is father number one's sister and the mother is comparing how much they resemble each other. The next photo was from the mother's Instagram account posted on February 15th, 2015. In the photo, father number one is sitting on the floor in what appears to be a living room, hunched over reading what appear to be instructions. Scattered around him are various bed parts, including a pink plastic headboard, pink and white frame pieces, and a round Barbie pillow. To his right, there are two big boxes, one with the Walmart bag sticking out of it, and to his left, is a bottle of water and a pan pizza. Other than that, the room is completely empty as if they just moved in. In the caption, the mother wrote, Daddy is trying really hard to put the child's name's bed together. Who knew this could take two people in three hours? To be continued, LOL. Okay, next photo. You ready? Good. This photo was posted by the mother on June 2nd, 2015. In the photo, there are three pictures. The first picture is in the top left-hand corner and has a picture of father number one smiling in the photo. The second picture is located in the top right hand corner with the mother smiling. Directly below these photos in the middle is a picture of my daughter also smiling. To the left of that picture and directly under father number one's photo, it says dad with the figure 79.6% below it. To the right of that picture and directly under the mother's photo, it says mom with the figure 20.4%. Her caption reads, How is this fair? Shaking my head. It's clear to see in these posts what she was doing. She is letting the world know that although she carried her for nine months, my daughter looks exactly like father number one. The next three photos are when things start to get a little weird. Okay. So. Next up, I introduce to you father number two. I'll let that sink in for a second. Okay. So. The next photo is from the mother's Instagram account and was posted on June 18th, 2017. In the photo, there is a new guy we will just call father number two for now. He's white, has a short haircut and small gauges in his ear. He is laying on a brown leather couch on his back with a tan pillow under his head. On the back of the couch is a red and white pattern quilt and laying on top of him with her head buried in the other side of his face and her arm draped around his chest over his shoulder is my daughter. She is wearing a set of lavender pajamas and appears to be asleep. The caption reads Happy Father's Day, Daddy, with a red heart. We love you. Love spelled L U B, just in case you thought I mispronounced it. And then there's a family emoji with a kissy smiley face. Okay, the next photo is even more bizarre. It's from the mother's Instagram account and was posted on the same day. June 18th, 2017. In the photo is father number two, laying in bed with his shirt off, wearing a pair of jeans. Visible are seven tattoos, one on his chest, two on his stomach, three going down his left arm, and one on his right shoulder. He has a goatee and a piercing under each side of his lip. Sitting in between his legs, with her arms resting on her chest, is my daughter, and they appear to be watching TV. The caption reads again, Happy Father's Day, Daddy with a red heart, we love you, love spelled L-U-B, and then there's a family emoji with a kissy face. The last photo was posted on the mother's Instagram account on August 4th, 2017. The photo was taken at a restaurant and in the photo is father number two hugging and kissing my daughter on the forehead while she sits next to him in a booster seat at the table. In front of my daughter on the table are pancakes and eggs and in front of father number two there is a cheesesteak. The caption reads, daddy's home and our princess couldn't be happier followed by three heart emojis the family emoji and a red heart father number two is also tagged in this photo i saw this and thought wait this joker was in prison i know she didn't just make a welcome home in prison post from this dude with my daughter she cannot be serious wow just wow even though i had a ton of questions I could now start to put some of the pieces of this strange puzzle together. There was a lot to go over and unexpectedly, these photos provided me with more leads to follow. I now knew there were at least two men in my daughter's life before me. I knew their names and I had the Instagram handle of father number two. They also solved the mystery of the last names I noticed when I took the paternity test. Father number one is whose last name my daughter has and father number two is the current husband and why the mother's last name has changed. A little more than a month later, and three days before child support mediation, I received yet another text from one of my social media sources with a newly posted photo by the mother that would add yet another bizarre twist to what I thought I knew. Wait for it. There was now a father number three. The photo posted on the mother's Instagram account on September 17th, 2017 showed a new guy who looked Spanish holding my daughter up with her waist at his shoulder. They are walking down a ramp inside a building, which looks like some type of kids museum, smiling. My daughter is dressed in a pirate's vest with skeleton crossbones on the back, and he has what appears to be a toy sword in his right hand. The caption reads, When I am with you, there's no place I'd rather be. Lyrics from the song, Rather Be, by the Clean Bandits. That's right. If you're keeping count like I was, that means my daughter had not one, not two, but three fathers, and that would make me the fourth. So to put it into perspective, my daughter, who was born in December 2013, had three dads, not including me, before the age of five. I was in complete shock. I just remember sitting there thinking, God, what did I get myself into? Little did I know, this would turn out to be the tip of the iceberg and one of many rabbit holes I would find myself down in the coming years. This story was just getting started. This is Destination Unknown from No Dad to Girl Dad, Episode 3 The Fallout. After mediation and finally wrapping my head around everything, I had this idea as to how I thought this would play out. I guess you could say I was optimistic. I knew I had to deal with the mother on some level, but I was mainly focused on meeting and getting to know my child. I imagined we would be on the same page, and this was gonna be an easy thing to do. Why wouldn't it be? Everything was figured out. I was the father, and child support payments were in full effect. I felt like, at minimum, that would give me some type of leverage with the mother. It turned out I was completely wrong. Two days after mediation and our first text, The mother sent me a message.
1: Hey, with her starting school this year, I wanna change her name before she learns her birth name. You have to sign the papers for me to file it. Are you okay with me changing it to my last name? If you wanna think about it, let me know, thanks.
0: Where was this coming from? In my mind, she should have had her mother's last name from the beginning. Now, on top of everything else I'm trying to process, she starts with this, a name change, Nothing about me meeting my daughter for the first time or anything like that. Just a text about a name change. Come on. I text back, okay, and left it at that. I didn't have the time or energy to focus on that request at the moment. I mean, the ink was barely dry on our child support papers. And I just saw her for the first time in how many years? And she's acting like we're the best of friends or something. I have to admit, at this time, I was still dealing with the raw emotion of everything that was going on. I hated her for what she was doing to me. And I didn't like the fact that she thought she could just waltz into my life like it was nothing. And then act like we were cool. There was still a lot of resentment on my end. And rightfully so. It was clear she thought she had another sucker. And I was just going to lay down and go with whatever she said. What she didn't know was that ever since I found out, I had been keeping a digital tab on her and I was slowly putting the pieces of her messed up life together. I was also reading everything I could about the custody laws in the state of Delaware. So, while I was hopeful this could be an amicable situation, I had to prepare as if I was going to war, just in case. Part of that planning was never letting her know I had any idea of what was really going on with her. There would be a time for that. And if I acted on this info now, I would give her the opportunity to try to figure out a lie. I had to remain diplomatic in both my approach and dealings with her. A few days later, on October 2nd, 2018, the mother and I had our first conversation since mediation. During the phone call, she said a lot of stuff she thought I wanted to hear, like how she takes my daughter to eat sushi because she knows that's one of my favorite foods. Yeah, okay. Like, I believe that or how she would camp out for Jordans with her in hopes of seeing me there because she knows I'm a sneakerhead. Again, with the lies. Can we please stop this? She had my phone number and address. I didn't move for three or four years after we stopped dealing with each other. She didn't have to go looking for me at some random sneaker store. And then came to the comment about her buying my daughter Jordans because she felt that would make her closer to me even though I wasn't around. And the award for the best actress on the phone call goes to, I mean, get a clue. Was she serious? She must have thought I was dumb to believe any of that. I had to stay focused, though. Now wasn't the time to have my Perry Mason moment, so I just listened. She talked about how we should keep this out of court and that there was no need for a judge to decide when we see our child. I said I agree and asked if I could meet my daughter on Monday after work with my mom. And then came the comment I couldn't let slide. She said that before I could see my child, I had to first go out with her to dinner or hang out with her a few times so we can get to know each other first. Was she crazy? I wouldn't be caught dead in public with her. And honestly, I wouldn't take her to a dog fright. There was a 0% chance of that happening. So when she was done, I said, nah, not going to happen. I don't need to go out with you before I see my daughter. I have a right as her father, to see her. And in those rights, it says nothing about me getting cozy with her mother. So if you want to talk about me seeing her without going out with you, we can continue this conversation. If not, I can go to family court and ensure my rights are upheld. Well, that sent her into a tailspin. And all of a sudden, I'm a deadbeat who thinks he's just going to come into her life after she raised her by herself for four years without me. Then she hung up on me. I didn't even bother calling back. It wasn't worth it to me. A little while later, I received a text.
1: When you are ready to speak to me like a human being and the mother of your child, then we can talk. I'm not ever going to keep her from you, but I need to know who you are before I just bring her around you. You wanna meet her on Monday? That's fine, but I'm not coming alone either.
0: First of all, this text came through at 9.36 at night. I was over our conversation from earlier, and I was relaxing in my garage, watching TV, And smoking a cigar. But I remember thinking to myself, wow, this girl is crazy. She literally just found out, not even six months ago, who her kid's father is. And she is planning to respect me because I'm your kid's mother card already? Child, please. Respect is earned, not given. And she didn't deserve an ounce of respect. Not one. So I did the only thing I knew how to do when dealing with someone like her. I ignored the text. The next morning, at 8.14, I received another text that read,
1: Monday at six?
0: Just like that. Like the night before never happened. I really didn't want to deal with her at this point. I knew I had to, but all of this was happening too soon. I felt like if I didn't take a stand, she was going to hang me being this child's father over my head until she couldn't anymore. And if I'm being honest, I didn't even know if I wanted to do this anymore. I knew I had an obligation to my daughter, but this was way, way too much. It was barely a month since mediation and already there was drama. And that is something I wasn't willing to deal with, the drama. So I ignored her message again. Later on that afternoon at 3.51, I received another message. It said,
1: Can you please call me tonight so we can have a decent conversation? I really want to work with you, and I want this to be as easy as possible. Just call me so we can talk, please.
0: I ignored her again. Looking back, I realized not taking her up on that offer was a missed opportunity for me. I could have used that call as an opportunity for us to lay out our expectations and plan how this would work. At the time, I was just so frustrated, and I felt like she already showed me who she really was and what she was all about. This was all still new to me. I was still trying to figure out how to fit them into my life. I was still getting over the initial shock of everything. I was also mad. With everything I was learning about the different men, plus her trying to keep my daughter away from me, I felt like I had no place to turn. So, with me being that angry, it made me do something drastic. I called Child Protective Services and made an anonymous request to have them check on the welfare of my daughter. If she was going to play this game, so would I. I knew eventually I would find out what happened when they visited. I also knew if there was anything shady going on, I was on record as a father now, so the child would come to me. A day later on October 9th at 1021 in the morning, she texts me again.
1: This will be the last time I attempt to contact you. I'm trying to be civil and do what's best for our daughter. Please call me so we can talk.
0: By now, I realized ignoring her was only holding up what I really wanted the most meeting my child for the first time. So after work, I decided to call. And of course, she didn't answer. Later on, she called back. We came to an agreement to meet at Chuck E. Cheese that coming Saturday on October 13th. It was finally set. I was finally gonna meet the child that I had spent most of the year wondering about. The next day, I received three pictures of my daughter and a text asking me to send her a picture back in return so that she can show my daughter what I look like. Uh, nah, not doing that. Plus, I don't even take selfies. The next few days for me were filled with anxiety. I was nervous. I was about to meet this four-year-old kid who just so happened to be my daughter. I didn't know how to act or what to say. I just knew it was going to be weird. I also knew I didn't want to be seen in public with her mother. The one thing that gave me pause, knowing what I knew so far, and what she was showing me was the idea of us looking like we were some happy family out for a day of fun. Which is why I made it clear I didn't want to be in any photos she was taking. Over the next few days, I kept planning out how this meeting would go in my head. Was she going to like me? Would she not want to be around me? What's the first thing I should say to her? How was I going to feel before or after? This was a huge moment for me and I was definitely feeling the pressure. Then, the day finally arrived. I got up, took a shower and got dressed. I put on a pair of blue jeans, my Jordan Five grapes, and a Rugrats t-shirt with a black leather jacket. Looking back on it, I guess subconsciously, I was trying to make myself more relatable to my daughter. Why else would I wear that t-shirt? I got in my car and drove the short drive to Chuck E. Cheese's in complete silence. The mother had already arrived, and she texted me to let me know it. I pulled in the parking spot, let out a deep breath, and walked inside. Once inside, I spotted them over by the games and walked up. I said hi to the mother, then laid eyes on my daughter for the first time. She was wearing a unicorn t-shirt and jeans with sneakers. Oh, and for the record, they weren't Jordans. Because if there was ever a time for her mother to break out the Jordans she allegedly had, It should have been the first time she met her dad, but I digress. Her hair was a little more tame this time. She had what looked like a bun with pink balls at the top and the rest of her curly hair was out in the back. The mother and I both introduced me as her father. Remember that last statement because it would be important moving forward. She smiled and said hi, and then I took her to buy some tokens. The mother agreed to hang back while we got to know each other, and I appreciated that. Throughout our time together, her attachment to her mother was apparent, and rightfully so. I didn't expect her to just run off with me. We played a few games and then went inside the Sky Tube. After that, we went and cashed in our tickets while we waited for our pizza. She wanted a stuffed animal and some toys, so I paid for them because she didn't have enough tickets. Then we sat down to eat. She didn't talk much. While we were eating, she played with her toys, and I asked her if I could take a picture of her. She said yes and grinned as I took the photos. In the first photo, she's smiling, showing all of her teeth, looking right at the camera while trying to open her toy. In the second photo, she's opening her toy excitedly. While we ate, the mother gave us her space and stayed by the door. I walked my daughter over and thanked the mother for bringing her there. She told me they were waiting for an Uber and that it would be there soon. I looked at my daughter, told her I would see her soon and said goodbye. To which she responded, bye daddy. Whew, bye daddy. The way those words would stay with me all day. It was real. This was really happening. I was really a father. I got in my car, lit a cigar and headed straight for the cigar lounge. I had to process everything that just happened. A few hours later, as I'm sitting in the lounge, my phone rings. And it's one of my closest friends. He asked me what I was up to and if I wanted to meet him at Chipotle to grab something to eat. I told him, yeah, we met there, got our food and sat at a table. After a few minutes, I tell him how I met my daughter for the first time and how it still felt surreal. I couldn't believe it finally happened. To be honest, I didn't know how to feel. To which he responded, I know. I looked at him and said, how do you know I met her? I didn't even tell you. He told me that the mother took a picture of my daughter and I playing together and then sent it to a mutual friend they both had. And in turn, that mutual friend sent it to him. I was furious, but let me go back and explain how this could even happen. You see, around the time I was dealing with the mother, my friend, who I also worked with, was seeing a young lady that sent him the photo. We would all hang out, and the mother and the young lady became friends. I guess they stayed in touch over the years. Either way, I was mad. That was a personal, private moment between me and my daughter, not a photo op. She was dead wrong. I was unaware that what I was about to find out would put all that anger on a back burner and leave me with more questions. He told me a few months prior, the mother asked a mutual friend to have him call her. He called and the mother asked him for money. He told her no. And that he knew she was going through a custody thing with me. And he wasn't going to get involved. He also told her to never reach out to him again. Then he told me that the mutual friend had stopped dealing with the mother. Because father number two had a bad heroin addiction. And she had a feeling the mother was using too. I was stunned. I knew something wasn't right. And now I just had to find a way to prove it. I believed him. But it's not what you know in court. It's what you can prove. And up until this point, I didn't even exactly know why I called Child Protective Services. Maybe out of spite, maybe out of anger. To be honest, it was probably a little bit of both. But now, I was certain I did the right thing. What else was I gonna find out? If this was true, what was happening around my daughter? I had to figure out what I was gonna do. And I had to figure it out fast. There was a child involved, my child. And that's when I began to understand This entire situation that I was going through was way bigger than me. Destination Unknown is written and recorded by me. Music also by me. Follow me on Instagram at destinationunknown.podcast for updates. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss a show.